All right, welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast, part of the Wasatch ba- uh, Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Um, in today's episode, I wanted to cover the recent moves that the Jazz have made. Um, I know it's been about a week and a half since the uh, Dante Exum Clarkson trade and the uh, Green releasing to uh, re- uh, pick up Rajon Tucker. But I wanted to give them um, a little bit of time with the team. Um, to kind of just confirm what I believe the Jazz were getting out of those two guys. Um, so far I've been correct, and we'll just do a quick anal- analysis of that. Um, before we get on into that, a um, little bit of league news. Um, former commissioner David Stern passed away on New Year's Day. Um, the guy, Probably the biggest impact of a non-player, non-coach ever in the NBA. Um, David Stern was a visionary as the commissioner, um, led the team from being, or led the NBA from being 23 teams to 30 teams in his time, created the NBA G League, um, which is now the, or it was the D League, now it's the G League, um, you know, helped with making, getting players out of Europe and China and Australia and all these other countries uh, more realistic. Um, you didn't really see that many foreign players before he took over, and now I think a quarter of the league is um, non-American international players. You know, um, so you know uh, a great, great uh, commissioner in his time, a great guy from what I can tell. Um, he was a big piece as to why the Jazz were able to stay in Utah. Um, he formed a very good relationship with Larry H. Miller. Um, you know, he was a guy that pushed for these small market teams, these teams that meant so much to their fans, but just weren't, you know, in the big media markets like New York, Chicago, and LA. Um, and so again, very sad to hear him passing. Um, but you got to give him a great thanks for where the NBA is now because he was the commissioner. Um, he did an amazing job. Um, and so, yeah. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and move on into today's topic. So when the, uh, jazz were getting ready to play the Miami heat, um, about midway through the game, there was an announcement that Dante Exum had been traded to the Cavaliers along with two second round picks um, for Jordan Clarkson of the Cavaliers. Um, first off, I want to talk about Dante real quick. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm I'm a pretty big Dante Exum fan. Um, I've become more realistic with where he is in his career right now. Um, I thought he could become a star. I still think he could become a very valuable rotation player, a great perimeter defender. Um, I think he still has a lot of potential on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I don't see star potential for him anymore, but if he could stay healthy and continue to develop develop his game, um, I think he could be a starter or a six man for a very long time in this league just because he is an insane athlete. He's very long. and he tries really hard when he's on the court. Um, the poor guy just could not stop getting injured. Um, 
And unfortunately for some guys, that's just the way their careers go. Um, you know, Brandon Roy is another guy that comes to mind where he did have a couple years of stardom, but his knees just gave out to the point to where when he was supposed to be in his prime, he was done. He had nothing left. His knees couldn't handle the NBA anymore. Um, Derek Rose is another guy that had some great years, started uh, towards ACL, started having a lot of knee injuries. Um, now he's gotten his career back on, on track, but, um, you know, injuries just derail a lot of guys. Um, and I'm hoping that Dante, you know, he, from everything I've heard from the guys that are around the jazz all the time, he's an insanely hard worker. Every time he's gotten injured, he's putting in a lot of effort to, to come back stronger, um, and be healthy again. Um, his but unfortunately, his body just hasn't been able to hold up lately, or you know, in these five years of his career so far. Um, with the Cavaliers, though, it's a, actually a really good opportunity for him. They're a rebuilding team. They're looking for young players that can be part of their future. Um, they're not playing for the playoffs, so there's time for him to get in. Um, the coaches over there already like him. They really like his defense and his effort and his length. Um, he's already the best perimeter defender that the Cavs have, which really isn't saying much. They don't have hardly any defenders over there, but he is the best perimeter defender they have already. Um, you know, and another big thing is on the Cavaliers coaching staff, um, I think it's Antonio Lang. It might be, he might have a different first name, but he used to coach for the Jazz for these last few years, he was on part of Quinn Snyder's uh, staff as soon as Quinn got to Utah. But he's very very familiar with Dante. And I think that'll help Dante a lot with his transition over with them. So best of luck to him. Um, but anyway, we'll talk now about what, what are the Jazz getting out of a guy like Jordan Clarkson. Um, as we've already seen through his uh, first, I think he's four games in now, um, the guy's a scorer. He knows how to put the ball in a basket. Is he a great passer? No, not at all. Um, Don, David Locke on his podcast said when he talked to scouts about Jordan Clarkson, they told him he's a ball hog that knows how to put the ball in the basket. If you're expecting anything else out of him, then you're just wrong. But if you are looking for him to be a ball hog that knows how to put the ball in the basket, that's you know that's exactly what you're getting. Um. I think in the Jazz system, he'll have a lot more room to operate. Um, I think he will start to add a little bit more passing. I'm not saying he's going to jump from two assists a game to six, but he could possibly jump up to three and a half, maybe four. Um, but the biggest thing that he brings the team right now, apart from his scoring, is he just speeds up that second unit. He plays very hard. He's not a good defender. He just doesn't have the feel for it, but he tries really hard on that side. And then on the offensive side of the ball, he pushes the ball past half court. He gets the ball moving around quickly, um, which is something the Jazz need. Um, they're a very slow-paced team, and when you're under-talented like they are on the bench, you need to move quicker. You need to take advantage of um, transition offense um, and being super aggressive on defense when you're under-talented like they are. Um, because the Jazz brought in Mike Conley this year, the bench has been 
nowhere near as deep as it has been these last couple years. And, you know, bringing in Conley was a big deal. And when he's healthy and ready to go, it's going to be well worth it. But you did lose that bench production. And, you know, bringing in Clarkson will help a lot with that. But the guys he's playing with still are not quite up to the level of what they had. But, again, he's going to help a lot. Um, which, speaking of Conley real quick, once Conley gets back from this injury, um, I imagine that Royce O'Neal will be the guy moved to the bench. Um, and either Donovan or Conley will come out early and help run that bench unit. Um, but adding in Clarkson, you know, he's a guy that can give you 22, 24 solid minutes a night. You bring in Conley, who can give you a solid 30, 32 minutes a night. Um, and Royce is on that bench. All of a sudden, guys like Donovan and Rudy don't have to play 36 to 40 minutes a night like they have been lately. Um, so that, that'll help them a lot. Um, especially as we get further into the season, it'll help keep Donovan from just wearing down over the season. Um, it's, it's extremely hard playing just 30 minutes in the NBA, but playing up to 40 minutes a night at the type of intensity that he does, um, it's very hard. But, you know, the Jazz just have not had any bench production, so he's had to do that. Now, once you had Conley back in, you move Royce to the bench. You've got a guy in Conley that can take up 30, 32 minutes a night. you got a guy in Royce that can take up 20 to 24 minutes a night off the bench. And you've got a guy in Clarkson that can take up 22 to 24 minutes a night. Emmanuel Moutier is showing a lot of development and is starting to look more like an NBA point guard. And he can take up 16 to 20 minutes. Um, so really, from there, you're looking for good production out of that, that backup wing, which is what um, Niang has been playing. Now, George Niang... Um, Again, I, I really like the guy, but if they could get an upgrade there, I wouldn't hesitate to do it. Now, he has great games where he's hitting everything, um, and he's a big part of the team. But then he has other games where he can't even get up a shot or isn't hitting his shots and isn't a big help. Tony Bradley, um, playing the backup center, has given them some really good minutes. Um, he's a very high-energy guy. He's... You know, when you compare him to Ed Davis, Ed Davis is clearly the more talented player, especially if you've watched Ed Davis in Brooklyn, in uh, Memphis, and in, with the uh, Trailblazers. Now, he hasn't fit very well with the Jazz, um, but Tony Bradley versus Ed Davis gives you about two inches more in height, about five inches longer wingspan. He's a big body, um, probably probably 30, 35 pounds heavier than Ed Davis. Um, so at this point, Tony's going to be getting the backup minutes. Um, I think he'll do an okay job, but I would really look for the Jazz to try and move Ed Davis and find an upgrade at the backup center position there. Um, but anyway, um, again, I think adding Clarkson is a big help to the Jazz. Um, and another big thing that happens with this, Exum had another year on his deal. Um, Clarkson's deal is expiring this summer. 
So the Jazz have added in about $13.5 million worth of flexibility. Um, well, actually more 9.6 Exum's contract in flexibility for this summer. Now, what I'd really like to see the Jazz do, and this really relies on Mike Conley not taking his player option, is the Jazz doing kind of, you know, under the table, wink, wink type deals where, you know, you can't come out and say that there's been contracts already agreed to yet, but, you know, you you come to them, but you don't announce them or anything like that. Um, I don't know if that's clear what I'm saying here. But anyway, when you get into the summer, if you can convince Conley to not take his player option and to sign a longer-term deal with the team, the Jazz would have about $40 million to play with this summer. Um, and the Millers have said if the Jet, if uh, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck can put together a championship team, they're not afraid of playing, paying the luxury tax. Um, so this next summer, you could see the Jazz go out and find some really solid veterans for the bench. Um, there's not going to be any stars really available, but you could bring, heck, you could bring Derek Favors back. Um, Tristan Thompson will be available. Um, Bismack Biombo, Jan Mahimi at the center position. Um, on the wings, Chandler Parsons, Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, um, Kent Bazemore. Um, guys like that will be available. Um, Marvin Williams would be available. Um, so he, Otto Porter Jr. Um, so the Jazz would have the flexibility there to where they could go out and bring in one or two or even three really solid bench pieces, then re-sign Conley and Clarkson to long-term deals. And I think that puts them in a championship-winning position. Um, really quickly, I'm just going to get to um, the other moves that happened. The Jazz waived Jeff Green. Now, Jeff Green is a very good player. He's an extremely talented guy, super athletic even for his age, great NBA body. But David Locke talks about this, and I, I agree with him. Um, he's one of these guys where he's such a great NBA body, so athletic, and so naturally talented that I feel like there's never that urgency with him, and that's something you need off that bench unit. Um, but I think Jeff Green will find himself a spot with a contender, whether it be the Rockets, the Lakers, the Clippers, maybe the Bucks, um, the Heat. Um, so I think he'll find a home soon. Um, he just wasn't a great fit for the bench unit with the Jazz. Um, but from all accounts that I've heard, great guy. Um, and so I, you know, I wish him the best. Um, but the reason the Jazz waived him was to clear an o a roster spot for Rajon Tucker, who is an undrafted rookie um, who has been playing in the G League um, so far this season, was the December G League Player of the Month, and in that month averaged 29 points a game while shooting over 50% from the field. Now, again, that is against G League competition, but the G League is becoming way more competitive. Um, it used to be that guys would come back, come from the G League averaging 20 points and couldn't average five points in the NBA, but it's getting to the point where that G League is so competitive. Guys can come out of the G League averaging 25 points a game and come in and give you 12 to 15 points a night in the NBA. 
Um, now, Rajon has only seen action in one game so far. It was in garbage time. It was just, um, you know, just to get him out there. Um, he's a guy I wouldn't expect for probably about a month or so to really start getting time. Um, but I think in the long term, he could be a very cool prospect for the Jazz. Um, the Jazz are in a situation right now because they have big contracts like Gobert, like Bogdanovich, like Conley, where you either sign veterans um, that are out of their prime to minimum deals like Jeff Green, or you take chances on these younger guys um, that are G League standouts that could possibly turn into something special. And the Jazz have a, quite a few of those guys right now that they're really trying to see if they have anything special in any of these guys. Like Rajon Tucker, Jarrell Brantley, Jawan Morgan, um, Nigel Williams-Goss, Mia Oni, Justin Wright-Foreman. Um, there's a lot of guys in there that they're trying to see if there's anything special, any rotation players in here. And I think in Jawan Morgan and Rajon uh, Tucker, they found some gems already. And Jarrell Brantley is looking like he could possibly start getting some NBA time here soon. Now, what are the Jazz getting in Rajon Tucker? Um, Rajon is about six foot four. He's listed at two oh nine, but looking at the guy, he's—I would not be surprised if he's two twenty-five, two thirty. He is very solidly built, has a great NBA body, um, you know, and he's—he's he's big enough and strong enough that he can play. Um, the point guard, the shooting guard, or the three in certain lineups. Um, he's very aggressive on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Is not afraid of contact at all. Um, has a pretty quick release at the three and can hit it at a pretty consistent rate. Um, on the defense, doesn't have the greatest side-to-side -side quickness, but he's strong enough and quick enough to keep up with a lot of guys. Um, I see him as kind of like a Royce O'Neal type defender where... He's not going to, you know, body you up 35 feet away and not let you get an inch. But he's so strong and smart and, um, you know, and has good enough basketball instincts that he can be a very good defender in this league. Um, I haven't heard um, an official report on what exactly his contract is. Um, but from what I've seen, and I'm hoping this is the case, it's, this year guaranteed, and then team options for the next two years, um, which is basically the same option they signed Jawan Morgan to and that they signed George Niang to last year, where you get this year with him, and then from that point on, if he doesn't work out, you can just let him go. Um, you don't, It doesn't hit your cap or anything like that, but if he works out great, you've got him for three years on a really cheap deal. Um, so with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Um, thank you for listening. Um, again, I'm having a lot of fun doing these. Um, it's hard to fi really find the time to do all these, um, but every time I record, I love it. I love talking about the NBA. Um, and again, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, this has been the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Go Jazz!